0: Everyone relax. This is Top. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Faux Pop, I'm Will Anderson and uh, my guest Charlie, uh, returning guest Charlie, uh, she is currently eating a sandwich and people love it when people eat on the podcast so that's going to be... Is that popular? Oh, so popular. So popular. Do
1: you get negative feedback? Do people get angry?
0: You know what, I get negative feedback and people can go fuck themselves. It's a free podcast.
1: Yeah, that's how you feel about that. I know, you you really told me that. Yeah, (laughs) I mean I
0: do this for fucking free. Yeah. You know what you can do with your negative uh, feedback? You can write it down on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and then you can fold up that piece of paper and you can stick it up your ass with two fingers or you can get somebody else to stick it up your ass Mm -hmm. and no lubrication but you probably jam it up there
1: you won't get someone else to do it because they won't do it for free right unlike this podcast
0: yeah exactly this podcast is for free and if you don't fucking like it then take your ipod and stick that up your ass yep yeah
1: Yep. how how do you
0: like them apples it's an, aggr- it's an aggressive start. It's
1: pretty aggressive. <laughs> You've been talking politics.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have. You've been eating your sandwich and I thought well, I thought I'd let you get halfway through your sandwich and eat your chips and yeah, have I a got cup of, chips of tea. Out of the way.
1: Had a, I had a smoothie. It was it's quite a little oh that just the, the drilling, yeah, is that is that happened in all the other podcasts? That you've okay,
0: heard? so um, this is actually very mild. In fact, mm. people may only be able to hear it lightly in the background. Imagine this like a hundred times that, as if it was actually coming through this wall rather through your than your skull. Yeah, that's what I've had. You know this. People haven't heard the live one yet. Um, oh Thank yeah. you so much to uh, Wendy and yourself for doing the first ever live one in the UK. You guys were brilliant. Uh, I have never. Felt worse in my life. Oh,
1: mate, you poor thing. That you you looked like you were holding onto that bar stool for dear life.
0: I just did not think I was going to get through that show. Often I can't speak. I've listened back to the first half of it. There, there are sometimes not even proper words coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Like it was. I felt so terrible, and I knew people had travelled. Like the people who travelled from different countries and stuff to be there.
1: Isle of Man or something.
0: I know. And there was people from Belgium, and there was people from Scotland, and they'd all kind of come in from the show, and and then there I am, just. Feeling fucking terrible. But luckily uh, you and Wendy Wayson were absolutely brilliant. What I'll do is I'll put that one up after this one so at least people can go, why does Will sound so terrible? Right, right. Uh, basically what happened was I got here. I think I'm being punished for my hubris.
1: Yes, I have had this before.
0: I'm I I am a person who thought I did not get jet lag.
1: Yep, I'd I'd won it. I'd already won it. I feel so sorry for you guys. Do you get jet lag? See, I travel so much. I travel all the time.
0: I don't get get jet lag. Yeah,
1: you see, what you need to do is, and then you lay out your five step plan.
0: Oh, my thing's always like. That my body's always jet lagged because yeah. I say that to people. I'm like, well, you know, being a comedian, sometimes you have to be funny in the morning, sometimes you have to be funny late at night. Like you're in a constant state of jet lag anyway. I'm used to hey, irregularity. Man, what is time, <laughs> you <know? laughs>
1: You guys just need to loosen up. Right. You know, time's my life a jet lag,
0: man. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't put your laws on me, MC Hammer.
1: <laughs> right? So,
0: <laughs> I don't know why, MC Hammer.
1: Because uh, it's stop. It's Hammer time. Yeah, I believe yeah. that's
0: it. And so, um, uh, so I, I think I've got all my jet lag at once. Like that—that punishment of the universe, going. Oh, you don't think you get jet lag? Oh, that's interesting. Actually, you get it in bulk. Yeah, you get the Costco of jet lag. Yeah, you got it at wholesale price too. Oh man, and but what it's been combined with is so. Again, normally what would happen is if I couldn't sleep during the night, the nice thing about you know kind of having my days free apart from a few podcasts and stuff is well, you know what, I can have a nap during the day, but it turns out. That uh, you
1: cannot have a nap during the day.
0: No, uh, because on the next door is like it's like the cast of the village people without any of the adorable music, just the construction, just trade skills, just nonstop construction, and to the point where I have those like proper earplugs, you know, the ones that mould into ears that like, and even they are like, no, we give up, we cannot stop this. I'm sorry about that.
1: Maybe you could get adorable. Um, those big muffs, big ear muffs on top of those ones. And if nothing else, you would look really cute when you slept.
0: Uh, I mean, there has been. <laughs> like I <laughs> put been pillows over my head. I have done everything that I could possibly do. To, I, like,
1: I sleep with um, uh, earplugs every night. Right. Every single night. And I feel – because I have insomnia um, – I get I've got when I when I'm not traveling I had very bad last night I went to bed at about eleven I was uh-huh. trying to get an early night and I went to sleep at three, so there was four hours of going ooh, this isn't working Yep. um
0: I've had a lot of that
1: but yeah yeah you got to get real zen real quick
0: the other night I had this one and we'll get back to yours but the other night I had the one where. Uh, it was after my show and I was exhausted and so I thought, oh, great.
1: Going to have a good sleep tonight. Just,
0: I, I came back and I went straight to bed. It's about 10 o'clock. I'm like, brilliant. I'll probably get like seven or eight hours solid. I'll wake up early in the morning and I fell right asleep and I woke up and I actually felt pretty good and refreshed and I'm like, finally, I have cracked this mm. and then I've looked at my clock and it's 11.30 at no. night. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> not even midnight That's yet. Awful. Oh, the Oh, worst. mate, I'm so sorry. It's been the worst. On Monday night, uh, sorry, Tuesday night during my show, I told you about this, but there was halfway through the show where I just told the audience I was never coming back to London again. <laughs> In fact, if I could have walked off stage
1: just and
0: got on a fucking plane, I would have done it.
1: Leave the clothes. They can send them. They can send them later.
0: I inquired this week uh, on whether I could change my flight a day earlier because I've got a spare day at the end and I was like, I just need to leave can't here. Can't do it. I can't be here anymore.
1: Can they put you somewhere else?
0: Oh, so they're moving me on uh, just the last couple of nights. <laughs> I have no comment. Um, I, I, look, here's the thing. None of this is their fault. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if I was sleeping at night, having this construction next door would not be an issue. I could just be out and about during the days and it, it wouldn't really work. I still,
1: I still feel like that would be an issue. If you, If I had construction every single day and I was in an apartment, I would go a bit mad. Oh, we go a little bit mad because we have, we have construction happening near our house. It's one... Sorry, I've raised my voice already. No, good. They're putting a, a, they've put an extra room on the top floor. I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's a laundry room. They've put, like, black clad on the outside. It makes no sense. But it looks like it's literally one room, and they have been building it for about five months. When I was 11 years old... We moved house. We had a one-bedroom fibro house, which Dad knocked down, designed and built himself in that same time. So I don't know what is happening and I don't know what wage those people are on, but they're getting paid and they're getting paid for too long a period of time. And builders will only use the loud tools from the, the first two oh, available hours. Early. The, That's the earliest they Saturday
0: can- morning. Like, in fact, that's why even this afternoon I thought, oh, this might be okay because normally by the afternoon they've yeah. stopped with the loud stuff. Yeah. But th- it's this one, this constant, like, somebody's doing dentistry on a transformer, like, just all day long. What? I'm not even sure what it is.
1: What's that deep? How, how is something that deep?
0: Why? why I don't know.
1: Stop drilling, please.
0: <laughs> Do you think they'll hear it? Oh, not over. Oh, yeah, that would be the irony if we it- disturbed their work. Oh. <laughs> No. Hey, if- excuse me, mate. We can't do our construction because of your loud, annoying voice doing your podcast. You
1: know, there is a, r- a young lady in that room who's very rude. She yelled yeah. at me about my drum. It stopped though. What if that's all it took—that oh, you just, just to asked them to go? Excuse me, and
0: I'd just been too polite. I mean, I mean, it does. It does seem to have stopped just for a second.
1: (laughs) So your problem is you're not assertive enough,
0: right? So uh, you're going to go back to the sandwich just for a second. So let's uh, talk to me about the sandwich deal that you've got there, because that's like a some sort of supermarket sandwich. It's a great
1: sandwich deal. Um this is we can we can drop brands here, can't we?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have no we have no uh, sponsorship arrangements. So, so people a know that if I mention brands, called
1: Sainsbury's in Sainsbury's. the UK. Sainsbury's. And uh they have this range of uh, a bit fancy sandwiches. Oh good, they've stopped drilling We've got some hammering now. Hammering though. now. Um and by itself the sandwich is two pound eighty, uh-huh. which is still a pretty good deal. Not bad, right? What's that,
0: about five or six bucks?
1: About five, yeah. yeah. Just yeah, just over five. Okay. Um but For 20p more, -hmm. you can get a small packet of crisps or chips um, and a a strawberry and banana smoothie. Not bad. You can't give it away, mate.
0: Mate, that's not too bad. Look, uh, here's the thing. I don't know if I trust a supermarket sandwich.
1: Yeah, but over here- How do you feel
0: about a supermarket sandwich?
1: Everyone- but Mate, the chemists do sandwiches here. Boots do chemists. Oh, my God. And people buy lunch from there.
0: How many- Places can you buy a sandwich in this country, though?
1: So I feel like... like there is
0: Because there's that um, no, there's anywhere. those stores like Eat and Pret... Um, Costa,
1: whatever you can buy sandwiches things. from anywhere. Sandwiches. It's That's their bread and butter, no pun intended. Right. Um, but th- well, you know what you don't see over here, which I, f- I missed the other day? You don't see a hot pie very often. Right. You know how in Australia you can walk into a 7-Eleven yep. and they'll have a dirty pie there? Sure. Or you can go into a supermarket, there'll be a little hot section, you can get a dirty pie. You can't really get a pie here, and there's not that many pie shops. There's no pie face, for God's sake.
0: Uh, well, there's a few of those in Australia too now. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, so who would have thought that was an unsustainable business model? Tell, <laughs> tell me about this, though, because in America there's not very many sandwich shops in this form, but there's a lot of like what you would call your, like, your subway or your yep. things that come in a roll. Yeah. That's their kind of sandwich, mm. whereas this is like your more traditional bread sandwich, which is what this I like. Is,
1: yeah, wartime.
0: Yeah. yeah, I like that though. There is yeah. something about like a. So, what did you go? This is the New Yorker though. This so. is the New
1: Yorker, but a Waitrose do, do a better a better version of this. Mm. So the cheese on this one isn't great on the Sainsbury's
0: one. Here's I, my question about your your supermarket sandwich. Talk to me. Uh, how's the bread? Because I very always good. Yeah, because I always feel like the bread won't be like fresh or like it'll be a bit kind of like hard and like it's been in a bag at the supermarket. No, it's no? very good. It's mm.
1: soft. And smushy in the way that it should be, and uh, it's got little oatmeal at the end of it. So it's a little bit fancy. It's not just your white bread. It's a whole meal.
0: Oh, okay. That's what. That's your little bit of fancy, isn't it?
1: That's my little bit of fancy. It's got nice mustard. It's got some salty beef on it. Pickles.
0: It's got emmental. What's emmental? Emmental.
1: It's like a. um, It's not quite a Swiss cheese, but right. No, it's not a Swiss cheese, but it's it's in that area.
0: Right, Emmental. Okay, yep. yep. So it's your New Yorker with pastrami. That's your New York name, yep. right? Yep. Emmental. Yeah. On rye. Yeah. There you go. Rye farmhouse bread.
1: Yeah. So the Waitrose one is a little bit more expensive and a little bit more fancy. Right. The bread is very dense. The and I think there's actually sauerkraut maybe on the um oh, there you go. On the Waitrose one. And we're back. All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that did not work.
1: We did
0: our best. As it turned out, just a coincidence.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably having their free sandwich as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or waitros. They're probably doing very well. Yeah,
1: they're doing all right, mate. They've been there for months.
0: It's interesting to me, like, you know, just the small differences in food and stuff like that. I mean, here's something I've I've noticed the difference, because it's two years since I've been uh, in London. In fact, Mm -hmm. we recorded a podcast in the apartment downstairs from here two years ago. And uh, there's a couple of things that I've noticed as a difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, A- um, England's got uh, a lot of places that have great coffee now.
1: Yes, a lot better. Like heaps. Yeah,
0: it's a it's, Like two years ago even plate. when you came here and you asked for coffee, people like it was like an insult. Mm. People would just give you some dirty water and go, fuck off back to your own country. Yeah. We drink tea here. Yeah. But now there's like heaps of uh, places that do actually really Hard nice coffee. Hardcore,
1: fancy coffee. There's a place that I walked past just before. It's not so far from here. And it's called Caffeine with a
0: K. Oh, yep. Yeah. No, I've, I've had coffee there. Is in it the good morning. coffee? Not bad. It looks all right. Yeah, I like the Better Coffee place just down the road from here, mm. uh, which I, I don't think it's actually called Better Coffee, but the sign out the front says Better Coffee. Right. And they're right. <laughs> it is. It is Better Coffee. It is. Like it says what it is on the sign.
1: You should go on a graffiti that underneath to yeah. go,
0: it is. Yeah. Or, it is. Not lying. Yeah. But caffeine with a K, not too bad.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. that's the other thing. It's not just that they do it. You can tell that they're doing good coffee because they've got, like, decor. They've got a lot of, like, sanded wood. Yeah. And they've got a lot of, um, you know, raw beams, exposed beams.
0: The thing that I like about uh, caffeine with a K yep. uh, is that they do um, – a yeah, very nice, uh, like I like a place that has uh, your water jug has an assortment of like kind of mint and oh, okay. ice and those sort of you things in you know? it. All right, all right. So like when I wait for my uh, flat wipe from caffeine with a K. How do you feel about cucumber in water? Love it. Do you? I just love. God, it. This- I just. I just love a fruity water. I mean, this Just country. You whack some fruit and some water, and you you have got me. Yeah. <laughs> any any business that when you go into the foyer and it's got some pink grapefruit and and like oh, ice yeah. and stuff in like a water tap, pink
1: grapefruit. I'll be there
0: all day, mate. I'll just I'll, lemon, lime, pink grapefruit anything. Meeting. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, I love some citrus in water. Like I'm I'm about that all day long. Especially orange too. Orange. I'm like, ooh, no one does orange. How seventies?
0: There's one that I get from uh, Whole Foods mm-hmm. uh, in the states. Uh, And it's like a a pineapple and mint. It's got fresh pineapple and mint.
1: Uh, Water? Water. What are you talking about? I
0: know. Oh,
1: mate, you can push the boat out on that one. That's lovely.
0: Yeah, so I buy it in the bottle and then I drink the water and then I just refill the water until the pineapple looks a bit gross. It
1: looks (laughs) a bit sad. (laughs) This is my last day. Please let me go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But Um, I would love, I mean, if I ever got like kind of rich enough, like – The idea that every morning, because I don't want to have to go to the effort of chopping the fruit and putting it in the water and putting the ice in, but if I, but if it was putting the ice in, yeah,
1: I mean you're a new kind of lazy. Well, I mean, just I want... I want to be rich enough I don't have to put the ice in. you still got to... Ice still has to be made.
0: No, no, no. I want it to be in like, you know, just already in like one of those like big sort of like water jug things. And you just come along and you put your, you know, glass underneath and there's a little tap and it just comes out and it's cold and delicious and pink grapefruit flavoured. I'm
1: sure that you could do that if you just got one of the regular water bottles and then you just put some fruit and shit in there. I mean, yeah, I don't think yeah, you need to be that rich. I feel
0: like that has to be changed regularly. Man, I feel like by Does day it? three that would be
1: oh, yeah. terrible.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like by d- day one delightful. Day three, salmonella.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> day four, hospital. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I'm not wild about cucumber in water. Okay. I have no time for cucumber on a sandwich. Really. And let me tell you, London loves cucumber on a sandwich. Mate, I
0: love cucumber on a sandwich.
1: What are you talking about? It's disgusting. I it's had, a salad food.
0: I went to uh, Pret-a-Manger. I don't even know how to say the name of that business. Pret-a-Manger. Pret-a-Manger.
1: But they just call it Pret now. That's They've rebranded like KFC. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, like, like how, how uh, Crystal Meth has got changed to
0: Ice, did some rebranding. Right, so Pret did that because what people were – suspicious of mangers. Yeah, can't you? I don't want my fucking sandwich from a manger. It's not
1: Christmas time. Mate. Why isn't there a Jesus mangers in there? Mangers are good
0: for Jesus to be born in but not sandwiches to I be don't made want in, sandwich.
1: mate. <laughs> it's unhygienic. There's animals.
0: The other day I had some, because uh, they, they they were for children. They were children's sandwiches. But they do like uh, cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off in oh, little squares. I, I get And that. I got a little packet of those and went and sat in the park and ate those and That's they were deep. delicious and I'll, comforting. I'll they were a, comforting.
1: I'll see, I, I, if I didn't have crusts on... On a sandwich, I'd have a peanut butter and honey sandwich and then that would be like ultimate kid food.
0: Too much for me. I like a savoury still in oh. my kid sandwich. Cheese, I'll do a cheese sandwich, a plain cheese sandwich. No, nah, no time for that. No? No. Nah. Interesting. No. Do you not like cucumber in general?
1: Love it in a salad. It's mm. like an essential in a salad. Sure. And, but I don't – I've come to salad late. So I. Uh, I've to I find it very difficult to negotiate with salad. Lettuce – I do, it doesn't matter how small or how big, I'm going to miss my mouth. If it's like a massive bit of iceberg, can't get it in. If it's a little bit, it'll just hang off the the, the, the spoke of the fork uh-huh. and then just as I get to my mouth, it will fall off or it will go half of my mouth and then it'll slap my chin on the way up sure. through my mouth. I find it very difficult in You messing.
0: don't like being teabagged by I lettuce. I don't want to
1: be teabagged by no. a bit of lettuce. No. It's not. It's. Keep you, I get nothing back from. Right. It, you know?
0: Exactly, mate. This might be fine for you, rocket.
1: Exactly. But there's no reciprocity. Right.
0: That's no problem. <laughs> uh, t- tell me about your lettuce because I like to talk about lettuce. All right. uh, do you have a particular favourite lettuce? Uh, do you uh, like? Do you have lettuce that you don't like? Is I there... like a
1: mixed bag lettuce. Uh-huh, me so too. I like a I like a rocket and a baby
0: spinach. How do you feel about uh, I don't know what it's called? What's the red one? The red uh, lettuce. You know the purpley red lettuce. Do you oh know that one? yeah,
1: um, it's a cello. Something. Don't know else. what it's called.
0: But how do you feel about that one?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a bit. It's not ridi- not Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Is that it? Is that what it is? Oh, I don't
0: know. I'm. Who knows? It's, it's, it's okay. heaps
1: of people listening that are going. Uh, it's not that one.
0: I don't know. Oh, I don't know no. if we're a massive. I mean, maybe. <laughs> But I'm not sure that There'll of, be of all the things that people get pissed off about this podcast. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, that's it. All right. That's the final fucking straw. I mean I was fine with the making up facts. Yeah. And like, you know, not recording it properly and speaking Eddie, about Batman they nearly it. every single time. Yeah, that's fine. But Redio has pushed me over right. the edge. <laughs> get your fucking lettuce right.
1: <laughs> What's the point of even having a podcast if you're not gonna get your fucking lettuce right? So I feel fine about it. Yeah. Um I wouldn't put it in a salad, wouldn't be my choice. Uh, cos lettuce, I overdid it. I worked in a deli and I worked in kitchens for many, many years. So I've really done my time with a Caesar salad. I can't eat a Caesar salad ever again. And cos lettuce for me is only good for a Caesar salad. I don't mind iceberg.
0: Yeah, I like iceberg, old school.
1: You know what I really like iceberg? When it's like... um. Very shredded yeah. when it's really, really thin. Like yeah. when you're a kid and that's what would be on burgers. It's just, I didn't know how they do it. It was like they were magic.
0: Mate, like because being a vego, obviously, I love nothing more. Like talking about sandwiches, mm-hmm. old school sandwiches, mm-hmm. egg salad, shredded iceberg lettuce. Yep, I can do that. White bread. Yep. Bang. Yep. Uh, backstage at the Mooseheads, which is the final night event at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. They do a little sort of – it's like uh, the gala at the end of the festival for people who don't know it. And it's called the Mooseheads because there's an organisation called the Mooseheads that gives money to emerging artists to put on shows that may not be financially sustainable to put on regardless. So they take the money from that night. But a
1: worthwhile creative investment.
0: Right. And so people apply and there's a ju- like a panel of judges who kind of go, well, this is a inventive show that perhaps wouldn't have the opportunity to get made unless it got some support. Mm. And so the industry supports it. Uh, and it's a great, great course and it's a really great night of comedy as well. But backstage, because all the acts are performing for free, they do, you know, they have catering and it's all, you know, little triangle cut sandwiches. Yeah. And on the last night of the festival, I must have knocked that. <laughs> I'm going to say 14 tiny egg sandwiches. <laughs>
1: Has Will been on stage yet? No, nah, man, but he is fourteen deep in an egg sandwich. I
0: don't know if he can go on. I just stand next to him, just shovelling them into my mouth. That's Heaven. like my closing night party. <laughs> Me and seventeen. I mate, got tiny. off my face, oh, mate.
1: Ate a dozen.
0: Mate, I love them.
1: I love an egg sandwich. I like an – I really like an egg sandwich. I like a – it's interesting because my sandwich usually has to be wet. There needs to be something wet on there. Oh, interesting. Um, so i often have avocado instead of butter. Oh,
0: you can t- consider avocado to be wet?
1: Yeah, I do. Mm, okay. I think I think that's – like a, a mustard is a wet thing. Yep,
0: mustard's wet. Um, avocado, I just don't know. If that. Yeah, I guess that is wet.
1: It's wet. It creates a, a density okay.
0: that I like. I mean, I love avocado. I'm probably – I'm one of those people that – I would probably eat an avocado a day.
1: Yeah, I would if I lived in the country for it. Yeah. But you can get that's, this is, there are some great things about supermarkets over here. And uh, same sprees and Waitrose both have ripe and ready to go packaging of avocados. So you know when you buy them that you can use them. That's really cool.
0: America, well, California is great for avocados because it's. I don't
1: love LA, but I fucking love their avocados every day for breakfast. Right. How am I going to have an avocado today? That's the only question I needed to ask myself, and I could answer it in a multitude of ways. You know what I love? I love uh, for breakfast, avocado, very very thick, uh, on the toast. Uh Then scrambled eggs, then Cholula sauce, which is like a hot sauce. Yep, sure. Mexican sauce. Parmesan cheese.
0: Oh, yeah! Look at that. That's That's a journey.
1: That's how I party. It's too
0: too much for me. Here's my okay. thing. I keep it old school. I guess avocado on toast. My favourite meal in the entire world. People know this. I've talked okay. about it before.
1: With some finely sliced tomato. Here's salt my avocado
0: do's and don'ts.
1: Okay, talk me through <laughs> it.
0: No, uh, yeah, I keep it. But I love butter. You got to have a little bit of butter like, with your avocado. Yeah. See, people. Want, okay. See, that's what people think. Avocado is a butter replacement. It is. I'm telling you, you're a fucking idiot. If no. You think well,
1: that. I'm telling you, you're a fucking idiot.
0: Right, mate. You know it's fine. You, you don't know what? Up, well,
1: you don't need to. Right. You can put a bit you of salt what? on. You get the same effect.
0: No, you're an idiot. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. It's nice to have Hamish on something. He's a really, really funny guy, <laughs> right? But. And by himself, you go like, well, you know, we can just do it with Hamish because Hamish is brilliant. You know what? He's still better with Andy. So you get Hamish, <laughs> right? <laughs> 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 and Andy's the same. Hamish, if you're listening. No, well, Andy's butter. You know what I mean? Like they're both great by themselves. I'm happy to have Hamish or Andy individually it's really funny. on toast. But That's you know really what? Funny. If you whack them both together on toast... That's what you want. Synergy. You want Hamish and Andy on toast. They form something yeah. greater when combined. Right. People are very happy to put like you know your feta cheese or whatever with your with your um, avocado. Mm. But no, you don't need to do that. Toast, butter, avocado, mm. salt and pepper, mm. maybe a little bit of lemon or something like yeah. that. But that is your. That's all you need. Yeah, that's I can your dig perfect that.
1: Perfect. I can dig that breakfast. Um,
0: I would good avocado. You don't need anything else. Just a little bit of butter to kind of bring out that richness and that flavor.
1: Uh, look, I, I could it. I could give or take that. Having said that, you know what I'll have a butter with mm. and we'll never have it without peanut butter? I will never have peanut butter without butter. Yeah,
0: because people who have fucking peanut butter by itself, oh, you on toast and bread and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're Mental. fucking idiots. It's too dry. Even smooth is too dry. Right, but also the way the butter mixes with the peanut butter? It holds it. Oh, and also just makes it again. It's that melty, delicious... I'll tell you what, is good. Talk uh, to me. Vegemite and uh, avocado.
1: Oh, uh, Oh. do you know? I don't know if I've ever had vegemite and avocado. It's good.
0: It's, it's kind of the salt works really well okay. with the. Yeah,
1: I think it's time. Yeah, it has been long
0: enough. I'm 34. And again, though, vegemite got to have butter. Oh yeah, that's not even a question, right? Well, some people make that mistake, mate. Well, let them. Let them fucking morons. Let them walk into traffic. This is the this is public service announcement. We can't.
1: <laughs> we can't stop them. They're going to die young. Okay? I
0: have. Uh, I, I don't have very many skills in life, but one of the skills that I do have is the I have a very good uh, sense of... Uh, How much is too much Vegemite? No, of, of, of a perfectly ripe avocado. Oh,
1: yeah. okay. Yeah. Just by looking or you need to touch it? No,
0: avocado? I mean, I, I don't have a magical power. Well,
1: but I can touch an avocado and know.
0: Lots of people can't though, mate. This is the point. You say it as if, well, anyone can touch an avocado and know. Okay. No, there's still you've still got to know... What you're looking for, yeah, sure. Like anyone can touch them, yeah. But people don't know what to look for when they touch. It's like it's like saying, "Well, I can give you a massage. I've got hands." Yeah, okay. No, you've still got to know where the pressure where, points yeah, are and what you're is. looking right. for, and okay. you know, you've also got to have your timeline already in your mind of when, when you're going to the avocado. Yes. This is the mistake people make. Yeah, they they purchase avocados a week with in no advance. Plants.
1: You can't just you can't have them just sitting. When there. are you going to eat it, mate? They're a gift.
0: Right. Also, you've got to know how to keep them. And you've got to know how to cut them. And you've got to know Do you know how to cut them? Oh, how do you cut them? Well, I oh. use them all at once, so I don't like the cutting's not really an issue, to be oh. honest. But
1: we have a technique that I thought all Australians knew. Which is what? So you get the avocado, obviously. Um <laughs> you will need an avocado and an olive. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. What will you a, need? What you a, you need for this? Let <laughs> me run your, uh, for those at home, if you're putting together a little, little list of all like right. like on Play School of what we'll need for get for this. an Avo okay. from
1: the fridge. An avocado. You have to call uh, from it from the fridge? Uh, no, not from the fridge. We keep We keep it you next you keep to the them? fridge. We actually have a little rack. It's a recent purchase mm. and it has changed our lives. An
0: avocado rack?
1: Um, almost. It, the top shelf is for – we keep it – it's next to the fridge. Uh-huh. Top shelf is for fruit because the, the kitchen table in our um, kitchen wasn't big – it was too big. Sure. No, it wasn't big enough and when we put a lot of fruit on there, there was not many other places to eat. Right. So we got a little rack and we put, keep our avocados there. Our bananas, our nectarines—that's the top rack.
0: Okay, you, you know the mistake you've made already, though, right? Can't keep your avocados near your bananas.
1: Oh no, they're separated by nectarines and grapes. Right, because they're... you know
0: that the banana artificially ripens the avocado, right? It's good,
1: isn't it? It's real
0: good. That's what you need to know. Because if your avocado's not ripe enough and you have a banana around, you can you can ripen up that avocado by just putting it next to a banana. It's, this is go. We're going fucking deep. We're going deep. We're going deep into the avocado yep. world.
1: Okay, so you get the avocado. Uh huh. Cut it on the side. Yep. And you cut. You make a, a circle around. Obviously, mm-hmm. am, am I explaining myself? So you cut into the seed. Right. Straight into the seed, and then you uh, negotiate your way around the seed. So you're creating an equator on the avocado.
0: Oh, you're talking like uh, top to toe. Uh, Are you t- say- Yeah. Right, so you got like fat bottom avocado and then like top and you're going around in like a – like around the waist –
1: no, Imagine- no, 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 no. So the avocado is on its side. Right. Avocado is on its side, and you create an equator that way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're
0: going? Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah,
0: normal. Fuck! Okay. I, I thought I was just, like, wow. What the fuck are you doing? Well, that's what
1: I was thinking. That's what Crazy. you were doing. I'm like, how do you do it? So from you're then. Mental. So then you get <laughs> By a way, hand. way, I
0: shouldn't say mental? Yeah. Uh, whatever the appropriate thing for me to say is.
1: <laughs> you're a person living with a mental illness. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> no, that's worse.
1: <laughs> I am. So you're yeah. you're right oh, on no, point. That's a good point. Yeah. So then you get a hand on top and bottom. And then you uh, twist them, twist one hand clockwise, one Mm -hmm. hand
0: anti-clockwise, obviously, to separate Uh them.
1: And then one side will have no seed, one side will have the seed. With the Mm -hmm. no seed side, then in maybe one centimetre longitudes, you make lines all the way to the bottom. Uh Then you do it one centimetre latitude so you've got yourself, like you would with a mango.
0: Yep.
1: um, And then you scoop it out from there and that's how you spread it. And then on the other side with the seed, what you need to do is get the knife and you need to hack at the seed with one fell swoop. One and you've got to do it. One. Confident. Yeah. You have to be confident. Because it's
0: got to get in there.
1: It's got to get right in there. And then you move the base of the knife, let's say, uh, anti-clockwise, maybe for 15 minutes uh, on the clock.
0: Oh, I was going to say, how long? This really is slowly. Very, you don't just, want to bruise the avocado. Now, it's going to take, you're yes. going to probably need an hour and a half to get this If you've got to go so. out,
1: wait till you get home. <laughs> this is a process because then you need to sit with the avocado. Um, So then you can just pull the avocado seed out and then you lift the top of the bin and what you have to do is move your hand down the handle of the knife. Yes and leave about an inch above your hand Mm -hmm. where you can bang the handle of the knife on the edge of the bin and the seed will pop off into the bin. And then you apply the longitude-latitude method to the other side.
0: Excellent technique. Excellent technique.
1: I would say that's your technique. Yeah,
0: that is also my technique. I will Mm -hmm. add one thing to it, though, which is this. Uh, I often will then prepare, rather than scooping out, like you do the little cuts, Mm -hmm. but then rather than scooping the avocado out and then doing preparation... Uh, you can actually prepare your avocado for your top of your toast or whatever within the avocado skin. So what I'll tend to do is get like whatever I want, salt, pepper, whatever I want. Season it. Do the seasoning there. You can actually do a little bit of mash or if you want to mash it a little bit more or whatever, prepare it it in there. And then the joy of having your toast there and then being able to scoop it out of the actual avocado skin as a spread. Yeah. I highly recommend that. Yeah,
1: I'm really into that. Yeah. If, uh, if, if people aren't uh, living in a place where tropical fruit is uh, common, you can also apply that method to the mango just to let you know. But instead of uh, the first incision, just having one incision, you need to cut either side of the mango seed as close as you can. To be honest,
0: uh, Felicity, this is not a mango podcast.
1: Well, no, I'm just suggesting mang- you broaden your horizon. Go and get fucked. <laughs> mangno.
0: I, yeah, yeah, Mangno, avocado, yo, <laughs> and mango. <laughs> avocado. Yeah, avocado and mango. Magno. No, I hate mango. What? I know, it's controversial. What are you
1: talking about? I know,
0: there you go. Hate mango.
1: I'm out of here, mate.
0: I know, everyone loves it. What do you
1: mean, hate it? Hate it. Do you hate the flavour? The smell
0: of it, the flavour of it. Yeah.
1: It's the most delicious thing. No. How do you feel about pawpaw?
0: Um, Look, I'm I'm indifferent. I don't know how you
1: can because it smells like vomit.
0: Well, to me, mango smells like vomit as well.
1: Have you ever vomited ever?
0: Didn't I mean, I, well, also I don't like to vomit, so I'm okay, anything not, that smells it? vaguely vomiting or like reminds me of <laughs> How vomiting. Do you walk
1: around London. I just walked past. and I'm like, this is either a parmesan cheese shop or you've been washing the streets with vomit. Look,
0: here's that this city does smell a lot of vomit, especially when, particularly when the sun comes Soho. out. Mm-hmm. Well, and the sun the sun has come out so rarely while I've been here that it hasn't been much of an issue. Good. Uh, Although I did walk through the park today because what I love the My most
1: favorite we talked about this yeah, last time is
0: the minute the sun comes out they in l- London lose it everyone's in the park and yep. just businessmen take their tops off and yep. I just think it's hilarious and so I had to walk by but today there were people smoking joints in the park. Oh yeah you I wanted to ask them I really wanted to. I was like, "Can I go up to a stranger and ask if I can have some weed yeah. in a park?"
1: Hi, I have arthritis in my um, hips. Get me. away from me!
0: Yeah.
1: I'm trying to enjoy the two minutes of right. sunshine we have. Have you seen that Portlandia sketch?
0: Oh have well, you, have you watched any? Oh, I guess. you've got to give me Sorry. more details. No,
1: no, no. Read my mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have seen the show, have you- and I
0: do enjoy the show, but okay. I have not. I haven't seen a comp- like. I haven't seen all of the show, so I may or may not have seen the sketch.
1: I think it's even. It might even be the first. Episode of the second or third series, okay. Um, But it's about sun in Portland, and they like it's it's out. They're all in the sun, and they're in like bikinis, and there's they've got a ghetto blaster and a beach ball, and they're having the time of their life. And the clouds come over, and they're like oh, and they put on parkas and jackets, and and they're like it's over there, and there's a (laughs) tiny little sunbeam. So they all just cram into this, and they just follow it around the city. But that is exactly what it's like
0: in London. Well, I'm coming. I'm going to Portland in a couple of weeks. Are you? So that'll be fun. So if there's anyone there, I, I know some people in Portland. I, I should be able to get weed in Portland, right, I mean, guys? If
1: you can't get weed in Portland,
0: then I what's may the never be able to get weed again.
1: <laughs> no point at all. I'd like to go to Portland.
0: Have you been before? Yeah, I've done show. I did uh, the Bridgetown Comedy Festival they have there, oh, awesome. uh, which was brilliant. It was honestly one of the the local newspaper because I done I did set lists there. Mm-hmm. It was one of actually. It was quite an amazing weekend I had there because it's only a one weekend festival, uh, but they have all the comedians stay in the same hotel, and it's like this brilliant little festival, so you're all hanging out together, and it's really great fun, and uh, I did a bunch of cool shows. I did The Crab Feast, which is a brilliant podcast, did their live show, which I'm on this week, so if you like The Crab Feast, check out The Crab Feast. Um, It's a really cool podcast, and Ryan Sickler is often on this podcast from The Crab Feast, and um, that night I did Set List, and... I was doing it with two of my – it was one of those nights where, like, I'm – I mean, look, it's my podcast and people know me so they know when I say things, they can – you can – I always am like, I don't want to – Spit it out, mate. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those things where you're like, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this. But people Mm. listen to the podcast and have made up their own mind about what I'm like regardless. So, I I know that I'm good at set list. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a thing that I am good at doing. doesn't mean I'm always good at it, but – as a general kind of principle, it's something that, like... Nine times out of yeah. ten, you're hitting it. So this Except night, for that
1: one that we did in Melbourne. Do you remember when any, everyone uh-huh. had, oh, wow. Oh,
0: no, no. I mean, I've had ones that... there's a, That's the great thing about set list is that you can be like, oh, I've got this nailed, and then just one night you're like, oh, no, turns out I don't.
1: I don't think I've ever <laughs> done comedy in my life, apparently.
0: <laughs> Which is the exciting thing about it, I yeah. guess. And... So uh, I was in Portland and uh, we were doing the show there and I was doing it with two of my all-time heroes. Uh, First one, Emo Phillips, the Mm -hmm. first person I ever saw do stand-up comedy. So it was really exciting for me to be, you know, on a bill with Emo. And then the second one was Sean Cullen from Corky and the Juice Pigs. Corky and the Juice Pigs were the first act I ever did support for, for at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So to be... You know, in Portland at this festival, sharing a bill with two people who were so, like, instrumental to my journey in comedy, mm-hmm. I just wanted to do a really good job. And I was lucky enough that it it went really well. And I kept, like, I had this whole riff in the act about, because Portland is my city, because it's stuck in the 90s. Like, the joke that it's, you yes. know. The dream of the 90s is live in Portland. It is. And the 90s was my premier decade. I've got to go, mate. Except that I now have the finances and self-confidence to enjoy the 90s and that I didn't have in the 90s. And
1: you've made a lot of the bad decisions already in the 90s so you can you can live the life that you wanted to back then. I've right. got to go to
0: Portland. And That's so I kept I telling them that I was going to move there and then in the newspaper when they reviewed the show, they were like, Will Anderson said he's going to move here and we want him to. And I was like, I I will. If you really want me to, I mean, guys, get a petition together. Hey,
1: change.org. Will Anderson must move to Portland. Oh, I'd love that. I So, I think it's this week is the 20th anniversary of the release of Jagged Little Pill.
0: Portlando. That's and- what I'm going to call myself. I'm going to, work, I'm going to move to Portland and I'm going to change my name to Portlando.
1: Oh, yeah, Will Portlanderson.
0: Po- Will Portlanderson.
1: What do you think? I think it's all right.
0: I fucking love it. Will Portlanderson. Yep, good. Uh, you, it's the 20th anniversary of Jagged Little Will, did you say?
1: A Jagged Little Pill oh, by, sorry, uh, yes. by Alanis
0: Morissette. Not my comedy festival not your show, comedy Jagged festival Little Will.
1: What, what year was that? Mm. Can you remember? It was that.
0: about four or five years in, I reckon, so okay. uh, 15 years ago, 15 Jesus. or 16 years ago. I still uh,
1: remember that. I still remember seeing a poster for that. Uh, I was not doing stand-up or anything to do with comedy at that point. Uh, and the other one is, the other
0: album. <laughs> People who saw that show might argue the same about me.
1: <laughs> 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 um, Bjork's post came out as well 20 years ago. Her, is that right? Yes. And, and is I, there
0: a new Bjork album out? Did I see you post about the yeah. new Bjork album the other day? Woo! <laughs>
1: I, I haven't listened to the whole album, but I've heard the first single. I think it's called Stone Milker. And man, she is just, you know, she's 50. She's just about to turn 50. Mm-hmm. And she is still making music that added, it could be released in 40 years' time and it would still sound fresh. It's like, I don't know if you saw Missy Elliott um, performed, I think, with Katy Perry at, at, the, Super Bowl. at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And all of those songs you could release today and they would sound cutting edge. Like it's,
0: shes It's so interesting because on my, like, mixtape of, like, songs before my show, which is exactly the same as people who come every year remind me, that perhaps I should update it. It's hmm. been literally the same track for the last six or seven years. Can
1: you tell me what they are?
0: Uh, Have you
1: already covered that before on Oh,
0: uh, no. And, look, I... Weirdly enough, I could tell you when the song's on what the next one is because it's instinctive in my mind. Okay. But it's basically, I think the first track is Killing in the Name of, and the second one's straight out of Compton. Yeah. And there's, but there's um, Get Your Freak on by Missy Elliott mm-hmm. is on there. And every single night when that comes on, you hear the, it's still just an amazingly mm-hmm. fresh, interesting mm-hmm. track. Like, and I've heard it, like, I hear it 300 times a year. And every time I'm like, this when she came Still out of the good. Super Bowl, I was like,
1: Missy! Yeah. Oh, do the, the song, do the song! Oh, oh,
0: my God, do I have a show? Oh, my God. I was so fucking excited when yeah. Missy came out. Because one of the most disappointing gigs I've ever been to in my life was a Missy Elliott gig. Amy and I went in Sydney when she came out. And not because... She was, but she only kind of did 40 minutes, and the rest of it was just shit mucking around yeah. and throwing out t shirts and hype men, and like, and the rest of it was kind of just a medley of like, she's got so many fucking great songs. I just was really disappointed mm-hmm. she didn't do them, but to see her at the super Bowl. she just fucking owned that shit.
1: I mean it was there was one point where Katie Perry was just sort of standing back trying to dance it's like you've never looked whiter Katie. Right. You have <laughs> never looked whiter in your life. And it's the difference between like a bunch of white girls dancing to hip hop at a club thinking they're close right. and then being next to one of the pioneers of a sound. To do with that genre of music, and you're like, oh, I'm not even going to try and dance in front of you because that would I would be too deeply embarrassed because you are the legend.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I fucking I love Miss Elliot. I want to see, but yeah, that it's something, isn't it, about those sort of artists that they almost are a little timeless. Yeah, like you know, and I think this is what sometimes people, you know, you try. There's something, I guess, that's probably amazing about capturing the zeitgeist, but the problem about being at the, like, and that's why I guess it's incredible if an artist can, you know, have a 20 or 30 year career because it, you know, because fashions and trends and stuff move on so quickly that it is hard to kind of sustain that and be creative. But like, I've never, like Björk's music has never been, it's been one of those things where I admire it without enjoying it, if that makes sense. It's not for me. But I like that she – like, I'd much rather Bjork being made you know, yes. like, uh, yeah, make as many of those weird fucking albums as you yeah. like and do all that weird shit because at least you're doing something amazing. Yeah, you know? and it
1: is – I, I don't think that I understood when I was younger. If I didn't like something, then I thought that it wasn't good. I didn't understand the idea of appreciating – something that wasn't for you i didn't
0: this is the whole fucking world though yeah like we're all It seems like the whole world of 15 year old kids now yeah like when you're 15 that's what you're meant to do yeah like everything that you don't like like is shit shit. shit. right
1: parents shit school shit Shit. that music shit Shit. this t-shirt shit Shit. oh she's wearing it i like it now yeah
0: but that's what you meant like that's what it's meant to be Mm. but you're also meant to grow up Yes, but we haven't now. Where we live in this world, like it, it's the same. Yeah, you know, this is why our political debate is so stifled at the moment. Is that no one cannot acknowledge that somebody else might have a different perspective or a different way. They're just immediately wrong. Mm. Like I think that the thing that is at the heart of the problems that we're having at society at the moment is that both sides won't at least acknowledge. Like I think that it'd just be better if politicians sometimes came out and said, "Look, we both acknowledge." Say like let's look at Australia. If Tony Abbott and Bill Shorten I oh know it's terrible. <laughs> oh. Okay, let's use another example.
1: Yeah. Let's let's talk about Mali. I don't yep. know. No.
0: Let's yeah, but let's say a fictional country, Prime Minister in Australia, Prime Minister A and Opposition Leader B mm-hmm. come out and they say this. We both acknowledge that uh, as leader of the opposition, I acknowledge the prime minister. All he wants is the best for this country. He wants us to be the best country in the world for everyone to have the best way of life, for us to be really successful. He has these ideas about the, what how the best way to that? achieve it is. I also want Australia to be the best country in the world, and but I have these ideas about how we achieve it. But I will acknowledge that both sides want the best for everybody. Now, firstly, I'm not sure that's true at the moment. No, it absolutely but is. But I think that that's how our starting point should be that we should think that both sides, we should demand that both sides want the best for everybody. And then we should go, well, what's your theory of doing it? And what's your theory of doing it? And we'll decide. Rather than this kind of thing where one party like, yells at the other or trying to destroy the country mm. and want to take it back. No, they don't. They've just got a different idea of running it than you do. But you- yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so, I mean, it's so. I remember talking to alan bro years ago and uh he was talking about a question time of you know how you can watch how you can watch parliament basically on television and he said if i was the leader of either party my first rule would be that there would be no heckling Ooh. that there would be no booing and anyone that did that should be sent out and i cannot believe and i was like oh yeah and then i watched it and went oh my it's god it's embarrassing
0: you're, they're children.
1: You represent they're me. You make children. my
0: laws, and you're they're meant to be the best of us. Each- It should be the greatest honor, like particularly Australia. And I know, but I've travelled a lot, and I honestly believe this is true—not in a parochial way, not in a jingoistic way, but as a, like it is a genuinely lucky country, as a place with space, weather, way of life, access to education and finance, all those sort of things. Australia is literally. The probably the luckiest and best country mm. in the entire world. To lead it, to have the opportunity to govern it and shape its future should be the highest honour and people should treat it as the highest yep. honour. They should not be behaving like spoilt fucking children yep. who are in it for themselves. Yep. It is inappropriate. You know, they should be there to inspire us and take us to the next level and build us as a country and genuinely lead us. And I agree with you, the minute... Like, I was up there and one of those – like, they're they're men and women. They're adults. And then they they just degrees.
1: They have degrees. Like, they have children and they have degrees and they have families and they have responsibilities. How are you representing me and my country? How are you deciding how I'm going to live for the rest of my life by booing the Prime Minister of your country? If
0: you behave like that at one of my gigs, I'd get you kicked out. Absolutely. You spoil prick, you know? And And both sides –
1: yeah, and the only time that I engage in that is when it's absolutely necessary. I never start out. I never start out heckling the audience. I don't no. go at you. I start with love. Every single gig, I start with love. Right. And if someone is a prick, you'll I, give
0: the same energy back.
1: Not even straight away. Right. If someone's a prick, I'll go, "What did you say?" Yeah. And I actually give them the space to talk, sure. which is a, a comedy trope. That's not. I'm not inventing anything there. But if they say something back, then I'll let that hang for a second and then I'll figure out if it's appropriate to destroy them or if they just made a silly mistake.
0: Yeah, or maybe they'll destroy themselves. Or maybe
1: they'll destroy themselves, you know, give enough rogue to hang themselves with. Like how come I know that and I'm a stand-up comedian and yet members of parliament don't know that?
0: But also just the petty, stupid games they play. Like I was... The other day, um, uh, the Labor Party in Australia, uh, basically the Liberal Party have a bunch of small business measures that they want to put through. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Labor Party, in a political play, decided that they would just go, yep, we'll pass them all because they kind of all so agree with the same small business measures. And to prove a point, the government voted against their own legislation. Now, both sides were playing stupid political games. But if you both agree on something, can't we just say – okay, we both agree on this, let's pass it and we'll get that through and then we'll concentrate on the things we don't agree with. It's like the ridiculous thing that we have over asylum seekers at the moment in our country, which is firstly hideous and horrible. And I, you know what? I don't give a shit about saying that. I've been posting on my Facebook page about it and I will get negative feedback from people. And here's the thing. If you're a person on my Facebook page who wants to write negative things about asylum seekers or whatever, then just be assured, and I'm saying it here and it happens every time, that I will go through that and I will erase it, and I will block you. I will not argue with you. I will not take the time because I do not care. So you're only wasting your own time, and you're only getting blocked. And you know what? Oh, free speech. It's a debate. You know what? You can say whatever you want on your own fucking page, but don't bring your horrible fucking graffiti to my world. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But in the old days, like border protection, here's the thing about asylum seekers and border protection that is the thing that no one will acknowledge. There is no perfect solution. Right? There is no perfect solution. There are more people who need to flee than there are places for them to flee in the world. And there is no effective system that is set up to properly, you know, monitor and whatever. So what used to happen was both parties would acknowledge that it was a shared concern that we would have to both protect the borders but also have a responsibility to the world to take in you know people who are fleeing persecution and mm. you know we're a lucky country you know we we have great luck just because we happen to fall out of the right vagina in the right postcode
1: we and are the sixth i should also we are the sixth biggest country in the world right we are the sixth biggest country in the world we're bigger than india but also, they the have
0: o- a billion people. But also, the other thing is that we, this the history of uh, immigration in Australia is nothing but success stories. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that I find just ridiculous about this is people are like, "Well, we have to stop all these people coming in because I blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Have you not looked at the history of this country at all? Every time we let people into our country and we welcome they do them, great things. They make it a better place. Yeah, it is." The history, literally, the, the blow mistake, by blow history of our country. The only
1: time that hasn't worked yeah. is when the British came to Australia. Right.
0: Well, yeah. They
1: weren't
0: fleeing persecution.
1: No. <laughs> but I'm just saying.
0: Right. But, uh, so, you know, I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. And absolutely. if you welcome people in, they are grateful. They want to be part of. I've I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but I was in Melbourne during the festival when uh, Malcolm Fraser died. Mm. And Malcolm Fraser, who was a Liberal Party leader and very conservative and and an enemy of the left for a whole bunch of reasons, but later in life, you know, uh, he was responsible for uh, letting the Vietnamese refugees in. When he died in Melbourne, they had a march up Burke Street and a vigil and people made speeches about, like, the death of Malcolm Fraser Mm. and how grateful the Vietnamese community was to have, like... Australians. He was prime minister of our country and guess what we did? Fuck all. Didn't light a candle, didn't fucking make a speech. But these people were so grateful and so proud to be Australians and, like, cared so much about this country. If you let them in and you welcome them, they will love it even – they're not coming here to destroy the joint. The only reason they end up doing that or living in ghettos or feeling alienated is if we make them feel like that.
1: Yeah. I have to say at this point that I had uh, very bad insomnia last night and I'm on my period. So I, I, I can't I can barely talk about this without crime because I feel so <laughs> impassioned about it and I
0: feel so um, Okay, so the only thing I was going to say about this, and like I think we can move on from here, but like the thing that I was going to say was,
1: I have no problem with that both public, by the
0: way. Parties used to go, we'll handle this together and we won't use it for cheap political points because the truth is the minute we start doing that, It's a race to the bottom, and there was always a slight gentleman's agreement that it, it was an area that both sides acknowledged was difficult. A easy to dog whistle, yeah, very easy to drum up. Like you know, I mean, the easiest thing in the world. And this is the thing that pisses me off the most is that. The reason that people think that someone's coming to take your job is not because someone's taking your job. No. The reason that people think that someone's taking your job is that our system is set up so that those in positions of privilege try to distract you from the fact that it's them. The reason... That you don't have what you deserve or aren't getting what you want isn't because someone less fortunate than you is coming to take it. It's because someone much more privileged than you is protecting their already existing privilege. The irony that the News Corp papers in Australia are the ones leading the charge of like they're coming to your country to take your job when they are the number one tax avoider, like they are the number one enemy of the Australian government when it comes to tax. They're the reason that you don't have roads or hospitals. The very newspapers that are running this line. Why do they run the line? Because it distracts you from looking at them. It's very fucking simple. And we buy into it when we let them buy into it. The politicians let them buy into it. But
1: also, when you have an endemically racist society, our country is, our white Australia is built on racism. Like it's it's built on genocide. That's where it started. That was our starting point as as a as a white people in Australia, right? I but- mean,
0: I agree that that is true, but I I, I feel like that. I, here's the thing that I would genuinely say: I believe that while some, that, that, while the system is set up to uh, uh, protect established privilege which is pretty much white privilege right i think the people themselves i genuinely believe that most australians are not racist i genuinely believe that is true now do they not necessarily see or acknowledge you know institutional bias that is built into the system because they've just grown up with it and as i always say about white male privilege it's hard to notice a tailwind yeah. You don't think you're getting an advantage when the wind is always at your back. Yeah. And so you may not see yourself as that. And I think most people, when they take the time or they are given the information to kind of go, this is why this might be, can see it. Mm. I don't think, sometimes people confuse the way that the system is set up with Australia, Australian people having genuine hate in their hearts. And I don't think that's true. I mean, obviously there's a percentage of them that do, like everywhere, but mm. I don't think it's any more or less than anywhere else in the world.
1: I feel like it's. I've, uh, yeah, it's it's two different things. But there, I mean, you, you can't you can't live in a country which uh, which didn't allow the indigenous people to vote until 1967. That they were they could be considered pests. You could shoot an Aboriginal person if they were on your land up until 1967, um, and that would if be they're okay. on
0: their land. You mean sorry. If they're on their land.
1: Yeah, if they're on their land. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't you know, say that right.
0: Yeah, our um, land. Yeah, yeah. But they just happen to be on before yeah. we got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If,
1: if they happen to be walking on the land that they've walked mm. on for a long time. It's their fault. It's their for fault. For being
0: on our land before we got there.
1: And and the stolen generation and like and the – um uh the what was, what was the thing that John Howard did, uh, the intervention in yeah. Northern Territory? Sure. Like it, it's not a country – that has had some isolated incidents. It's absolutely ingrained in our system, in our laws. It's been repetitive. It's repetitive. So there is that, that just organically... Uh, emanates uh, out into society, and we have to. Ob- we have absorbed that to an extent. That is exacerbated by a media that is in collusion with the current government. Do you know what's strange? And this blows me away. Is
0: but not even just with the current government. A media no, that no. is the, a media that is in conclu- in uh, collusion with the established status quo. Yes. Like
1: yeah. you
0: know, uh, that's the problem. It's it. I mean, yes. Certainly, the, the Murdoch media in particular is more favourable to the conservative side of politics than the other. But the truth of it is that the media is more favourable to uh, we are white Australia and this is the way we operate. This is the thing about Indigenous Australia that we still haven't come to terms with. It's like you know they've been playing a, a game with a, a certain set of rules for sixty thousand years, and then we just get there and go, "No, we're playing by these rules now, and you should, you have Everyone to play by is. these rules.
1: We all are. And why haven't you? Why if haven't, you're not with us, then you're against yeah. us."
0: Which is such a – I mean, it. I just always think of it from this point of view. Rather than looking at our relationship with Indigenous Australia as a problem that needs to be solved, why aren't we looking at it something that can make us all – we have one of the oldest life – like one of the oldest, you know, traditions, one of the oldest, like, yeah, you know, sort of uh, – what am I trying to say? Um, cultures? cultures? Yeah, one of the oldest cultures that exists – on the entire planet. This is how great our country is. Not only do we have like all these natural resources and all these weird and wonderful animals and all these sort of things, but we also have one of the world's longest surviving cultures. Surely isn't that something you'd want to celebrate and incorporate? I would and fucking love. love
1: that. I would love that. That's
0: what I would love as well. I That's be- what I want. I want to know more about it. I want to be taught it at school. I don't I know. want us to celebrate it and I want to go, how Do we incorporate this so that our relationship with our Indigenous people is something that not only we're proud of, rather than seeing it as a problem, Mm. seeing it as as a strength. Mm. Now, I know there's a lot of work to be done in that, but I think we look at it like it's a problem rather than looking at like, how can we make this? And we could... Again, be a world leader, be like you know, a, a country that people look at and go, look at what is the relationship Australians have with their Indigenous culture. Well,
1: even down to New Zealand, it, most of them speak a, a few Maori words. Most right. of white New Zealand speak a few Maori words. They understand what words mean. They have uh, their own parliament. Like there's, they understand traditions. It's just, it's just a given that you just that that is a part of understanding New Zealand is you understand what Maori culture is. I don't know why because there's so many um, Aboriginal languages. I don't know why at each primary school you're not taught the basics of your local language. Like I don't even know what my people are, what the people of the land are that where I'm from.
0: And you, you can't tell me that you couldn't do that in a way that. Like, I mean, when I was young... I learned I, French in you too. Right. And But I also remember my mum, like, you know, my mum was very good about this. She brought me a, like a book of like, it was like Aboriginal sort of fables, I guess it was, mm-hmm. Indigenous fables. Yeah. You know, about the rainbow dream serpent time. and the dream time. Dream and all. time stories. And they are just great stories. Great stories. For kids. So I don't understand why we're not going like this. We're from this amazing country with this amazing culture that survived for all these fucking years Let's learn something about that and let's celebrate that and let's incorporate that. How does that not make us better? So I read something this
1: morning and this is uh,
0: sorry. And me- how does it take anything away from us? That's the thing that I, I don't know.
1: Get. It makes you better. Like when have you ever travelled and gone, oh, I'm dumber now? Right. Oh, I, I, I know more but I feel dumber. Never. You always go, I didn't know that this and this and this. I didn't know that this and this and this. We have, we have, a, a, we have a completely different culture that – has been there before us that we don't know about, that we don't get taught about. I got an email this morning and it was talking about, I think it was about the, the, the closures uh, to remote communities in the in the Kimberleys in WA and they were
0: talking. Uh, By the way, what a journey we've gone on.
1: Oh, I mean it's been. From
0: the best way to pre- prepare avocado. <laughs> to the foreclosures of remote communities. avocado community. to Aboriginal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we cover all of the AC. <laughs> But they were saying, uh, number one, that uh, Indigenous kids are, or Aboriginal kids are 52 more like, uh, times likely to end up in prison than oh, white kids. Right. So it was this. Uh, it was a, a woman who is a lawyer now. When she was 16, she got in a lot of trouble, and instead of sending it to juvie, they sent her out with the elders, and they, she just learnt some shit. She, they just fucking got her in line and learnt some. I, uh, can you imagine, like, that's how you, that's how you teach teenagers how to learn differently, how to behave differently, is you learn respect and you live with a culture that has a connection to a land and it has a tradition and rather than just, like, being put in your room or, I would fucking love that. Instead of going to exchange to Japan, which we did because we studied Japanese, I couldn't afford it, but you could go, um, imagine if, imagine if for, for a week you got to go and live with an Indigenous community.
0: And you don't – I mean, all the issues that those communities that have had that have come out of, like, not being able to adjust, like, and, you know, people not understand – the more understanding we have and the more – and vice versa, by the way, because we've set it up as an adversarial system Mm -hmm. where, I mean, I just think the more people feel included, the more they will want to be included. You see it in Australia. It's so amazing to me that you see it with – sport like you know that our indigenous athletes have been amazing and you become so easily you know celebrated and you know although at the moment adam Goods, yeah <laughs> this, is, this is interesting to me because adam goods was uh do you need some more water i do yeah we'll just have a pause okay okay now look by the way, if it, this is a bit too much for people, uh, the live episode's up next and we talk about flashlights a lot. So We
1: talk about fleshlights
0: a lot. So it's okay. But here's some – I'm just going to – this is very unusual for, for TOFOP and FOFOP, but I'm just going to bring in some facts. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia has the highest rate of t- child suicide in the world. Uh, not the national rate, the rates inside Aboriginal communities. Uh, 20 years ago, suicide in Aboriginal communities went unheard of. Uh, but it's become more prevalent since the year two thousand, and the numbers have gone off the charts uh, since the intervention in two thousand and seven. Hmm. Uh, child suicide has increased by over five hundred percent in twelve months after the intervention.
1: What are they saying? What What is defined a child? Is it under sixteen?
0: Doesn't actually say. Uh, Aboriginal communities in Australia have the world's lowest life expectancy rates.
1: I mean, come on.
0: World's lowest.
1: That's just, just there. You just stop there. That's all you need to
0: know. Life expectancy in some Australian Aboriginal communities is less than or equal to third world countries in sub-Saharan West Africa. So around 37 to 40. So I'm 41. So I'm already an immortal
1: I went when to- it comes to
0: Aboriginals. They must be looking at me like, oh my God, look at you. You're like Yoda.
1: Oh, look, you have everything.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, black imprisonment rates uh, are five to eight times higher than in South Africa during apartheid. I don't...
1: Like, I just don't understand... I don't understand how this isn't an, like a national emergency.
0: Well, it is. I mean, it is a national emergency. But I mean,
1: within, the, within Parliament.
0: Well, they have a thing called Closing the Gap, which is like meant to be Closing the mm. Gap, but unfortunately... It's not closing the It's not the gap. working, mate. It's not working. Gap's and, massive. Yeah, the gap's just getting bigger. Yeah. it's. They need one of those people from the British Tube to go, mind yeah. the gap yeah. and constantly remind us, yeah. mind the gap. Mind the gap. Mind the- but it's one of those things that every day they should start with that. Like, I, honestly, what's a bigger issue? If we could fix that, we could fix everything.
1: It, but even if we never fixed anything else.
0: Right. That imagine- would be worth
1: That's worth pouring your time into.
0: But it also just should be a thing that comes up not once a year when that Closing the Gap report comes up. Not when it's
1: Indigenous Week, not when it's
0: NAIDOC. How about a little uh, less time fucking yelling at each other about useless shit in Parliament and a little more time going, hey, how are we going with that uh, blacks in detention and child suicide rate? How's that going? Just every day. Let's do an update. You know what? At the start of Parliament each day... Let's just – you know how they have the road desks in the paper? Yep. Let's just have a little how we're going. Yep. And we'll check in just every single day. Just to put this in day. perspective. Anyone got any other ideas? So I went to South
1: America when I was 20 <laughs> and we um, we went into the Potosi Mines and Potosi is in Bolivia. And because mining – it's it's one of the, the highest um, uh, cities in the world. It's like nearly – I think it's about 3,500 metres above sea level. Mm. So um, the only industry there is mining and there's asbestos in the mines and it's but it's the only way you can make money. Mm. They're very, very Catholic. The average number of children per family is eight and the average life expectancy for men is 45 because they all go into the – That's for Because they're working in
0: asbestos Because they're
1: working with asbestos. Mm.
0: The well, stuff you're not even allowed to have in your roof.
1: Yeah, that's, they're
0: digging it out of the ground. That's
1: why their life yeah. expectancy is
0: 45 and yep. that's –
1: Like, that's awful that that is their reality. But
0: they're working – but essentially they're working in poison mines. Yeah. And they're still living longer than Australian Aboriginal people. You know? I mean, you've got a problem when the people who live in the poison mines are doing better than you. Yeah. And the problem is that we judge through our prism. We judge like, well, you know, and obviously there are some issues within those communities that, you know, are their own communities issues to be, you know, dealing with. But – we can't just. It's like that idea of Andrew Bolt, who's an Australian racist, <laughs> convicted racist, so I can actually oh, say yeah. that. <laughs> it's uh, not I'm, alleged I'm anymore. Not even, not even alleged, an <laughs> Australian convicted uh, racist. Convicted racist. Uh, Andrew Bolt. Uh, his idea, he always makes this stupid argument which is that he's not a racist at all because he believes that everybody should be treated exactly equally, hmm. which is a great argument if everybody was born with equal opportunity, if we were all starting. But in Andrew Bolt's world, he's like, well, let's start the 100 metres now and he's already at the 80 metre mark yes. and, you know, the Aboriginal person has to run from outside the stadium. Yes. Like that's not a fair race.
1: This, I had There, there was a, an essay that I read on, um, on meritocracy and feminism, and they were talking about equal opportunities for women in the workplace. And it was the first time because up until then I was like, "Yeah, everyone should be given the same opportunities." And she said, "Meritocracy works when everyone starts at the starting line. Right. And if you're if you're a, a woman, or in this case, if you're Indigenous, you just don't start at the starting line. There's no you you can't even get to the starting line. For you can't get three to the stadium, mate. Yeah, you're
0: not allowed in. Not allowed in. Not allowed in. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but that's absolutely right." Anyway, let's talk about something more fun now that we've we've had this in the middle.
1: Yep. All right.
0: Tell me uh, something fun. Tell me what's been going on in your life that's fun. I
1: went rock climbing last week.
0: Oh, here we go. Look at that.
1: On purpose? On purpose. Why? It was bouldering. Oh, yeah. Which is – What is that? I think bouldering is when you rock climb without a harness. Only because I've been rock climbing – Isn't that just dangerous? Isn't that just pretty badass? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But it's – I'm very spidery. I'm very – I'm like – I'm – I'm um
0: What does that mean? I You've got eight legs?
1: Va- I <laughs> I've got a lot of eyes, yeah. mate. Um, weirdly hairy. <laughs> I'm weirdly hairy. Um, I'm no
0: Often women run from you. Yeah, that's i sexist.
1: I was gonna say I rip the head off of my partner when we have sex, but I think that's actually.
0: Pray mantis does Yeah. Um
1: I'm <laughs> I'm flexible.
0: Praying Mantis is like, I'm not even praying. I'm an atheist. I don't even believe in God. I just look like this. Not
1: atheist. I'm an aphid.
0: Um, I'm atheist.
1: I'm atheist. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're back. There we go, guys.
0: It's all right. right. Yeah, fuck anyone who turned off. Yeah,
1: thanks for listening. (laughs) So I'm, I'm quite flexible and as we discussed in a live podcast. Mm-hmm. So that works well for rock climbing because I can get my knee up near my ear and then reach out from arm. But I'm very little, so I don't have the reach advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also quite light, so getting up a rock face isn't that
0: difficult. Uh, what's the appeal?
1: Um, achievement of uh, being good at something. Yeah. I don't like this. I had this discussion with someone the other day. I don't like doing things I'm not good at. The only sport – actually, it was with Wendy. The only sport I like doing that I am not good at is bowling, Uh tempin bowling. Uh-huh. But that's only because sometimes I'm incredible. Like my scorecard. Oh, yeah. Well, that's
0: that's a great thing about tempin bowling. Yes. is that even someone who's not good at tempin bowling sometimes. can occasionally be good at tempin yep. bowling. My scorecard will be. There's rare sports that you can just fluke three <laughs> in a row, or you can fluke a whole game. Like yeah. you couldn't, you could be, you couldn't be shit at cricket, but then just one day fluke being really good at century, cricket. Got a century, got a century
1: and three wickets.
0: But there is something about 10 bin bowling that you can be terrible and then just fluke a good one.
1: You know what it is none of the circumstances change there's no changing environment right. that's why I don't understand with bowlers like professional tempin
0: bowlers why they you not time? getting 300 every yeah. time
1: it's not wind factor right your balls the same weight that's a good point come on guys pick that's it a up. fair point uh so my scorecard professional were, bowlers. <laughs> you got nothing except good yeah. shirts um I'll go Borrowed shoes. strike strike gutter ball gutter ball gutter ball three spare spare gutter ball strike strike yeah that's I mean, that's probably more than there is. But that's why I like tamping bowling. I
0: love that there's someone at home going, hang on, that's one more than there is. That's what 11 is that?
1: games. That's not it's 11 ridiculous. games in a game.
0: Actually, you know what? She got a strike at the end, so yes, she got the extra one that for the strike. One, yeah. So that does actually make sense. No, she's All right. All right. Right, turn no, her back on. Yeah, i
1: so I did rock climbing maybe 20 years ago. I did it at school. Uh-huh. I did a, a, a term of that for sport.
0: Okay. And,
1: um, and that was with the, um,
0: with the harness on yeah, belay, mm-hmm. as they say. They would have to do that at school. They I mean, there'd be some occupational health and safety well, issues, I would have thought. my friend fell.
1: She fell and, uh, and she has an injury from it now. From rock climbing.
0: School That's rock climbing?
1: School rock climbing. Is that right? Yeah. I'm pr- I, I mean, at the time, I wasn't in the room. I, oh. I was, like, getting changed. But, yeah, she, like, she is has a disability now.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Walks pretty, with a limp because of school rock climbing.
1: Yeah. I got pretty pretty real. Pretty right. real. Uh, so I did that, and I did it with my dad outside of school as well, only once or twice. Uh-huh. But I really loved it, and the great thing is it's over very quickly. So the, what do you wa- mean? the wall
0: – Oh, so you're just doing a wall. I'm just doing a wall. This is indoor rock climbing. Yeah, I'm not
1: outdoors, mate. Oh,
0: see, I just assumed you were like in the outdoors. No. Climbing an actual rock. You
1: know, those English rock faces. Well, I don't know. They're
0: all over the London city. They might have some, somewhere. They might. I I don't really know. I don't even know how high rocks have to be for you to climb them. I have bad hips. Every rock is rock climbing.
1: stairs are rock climbing. Stairs
0: are rock climbing,
1: yeah. If they're concrete. Concrete concrete, is rock. It is today. (laughs) Look, it's not a natural rock.
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So indoor rock climbing.
1: Indoor rock climbing. Yeah. All right. It was great. Yeah. And I'm good at it, so it works.
0: Hang on, but how do you know you're good at indoor rock climbing? How does that even like? How do you know?
1: They have different grade difficulties.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay.
1: So they have different coloured rocks. Uh
0: Like skiing. Like you can go the black slopes or whatever.
1: So they have a normal wall, like they have different
0: – By the way, doesn't that just sound like I've indulged in some casual racism, like <laughs> saying the word black slopes, like whereas I was actually just making a lovely thing about skiing.
1: Everyone remember oh, 10 minutes on? ago.
0: Right. He said that most Australians weren't racists, but yeah, now he's going on about black slopes. I mean – I don't even know who he's insulting. The term
1: is, <laughs> the term is mixed race. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you have a normal wall and then on the wall you have different runs, like with skiing. Uh-huh. Um, so there'll be a group of white rocks with green spots and they go up in a row and you have to climb up to the top and you put both hands on the last one. Oh, so they're
0: all mixed in. But the, all mixed no, in. Right. So if you go up the green and white ones, that's the that's easy the one the or whatever. One, and then but there's then the black go- one.
1: And then no. there's like the yellow ones, and then there's the blue ones. I don't even know how people are doing the blue ones. Right. But there'll be like one wall is just a normal wall and it's a flat wall and then you go somewhere else and it will start off the ground. It's like you have to start hanging upside down and then crawl around to an up face to a, a it's very it's tricky it's interesting it's, you you're glazing over right yeah.
0: well i mean when i say it's interesting i mean it's interesting I mean, that people do it. this
1: <laughs> like, i mean why would you choose that for yeah, yourself
0: the only thing that i the only reason i would do that is if i needed to get from one place to the other and that was the only way i,
1: well, I
0: can't just imagine that i would do it on purpose for
1: well uh, i don't know welcome back
0: yeah now they're really just taking the piss they hate rock climbing. yeah
1: I, don't I, I think they're
0: actually constructing an indoor rock climbing that's, thing next door. That, that does would explain actually make it. sense. Yeah, the noises so would explain that. How long that.
1: it's been going. I mean, it's going to be an incredible climb when it happens because oh. it's very loud.
0: Oh, you know what? People in the future, they'll be like, hey, have you done those Soho gigs? They've got their really cool apartment. This is next door, that indoor rock that climbing venue. That very
1: quiet venue. rock climbing venue that's yeah. closed at night. Yeah. <laughs> that you can sleep right through. <laughs> So I like being able to achieve something. I like being able to finish something. I like doing it in a group because I, I don't have many mates that play a team sport. Right. And I haven't played a team sport for a really long time and I love it. Okay. So this isn't a team. How do you do
0: it? Yeah, by yourself or would you do it with friends? Well, or there, was, what?
1: We were, there was five of us that a went group. on Sunday, a group. And the great thing is if you're tired, you can sit out and you're not letting the team down.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. You just
1: you you can still say yeah. You've got one on your left leg. It's right near your knee. You can still spot your friends and be supportive and sit down at the same time. It's the
0: perfect spot. I would be into it if it was just a giant statue of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Okay. If I got to climb up the Rock.
1: And then when you got to
0: the top, it said, "Can you smell what the rock is cooking?" Yeah. That's yeah. That's it. And you got to yell that. That's okay. I would do that. That's
1: how you finish: is you put both hands on his shiny head yep. and yell, "Can you smell what the rock is cooking?" Yeah.
0: I, what are you doing on the weekend? I'm going uh, the rock climbing. Did <laughs> you say rock climbing? No, the rock. The climbing. rock climbing. It's a giant uh, right. statue of Dwayne Johnson, that's really and I right. climb it every weekend. That's. Yeah, infinite. I would definitely be up for that. Well,
1: I would do that. I'm yeah. not an idiot.
0: I mean, he's the most electrifying force in sports, entertainment, and rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> And outdoor adventure. And on the silver screen. (laughs) I would like it if it had a little bit more of that element to it. Like, I can't really be bothered climbing up the rocks themselves. But if it was like one of those things where, like, the challenge was that I was up the top and that you had to, like, grab onto my hand and I had to see if I could, like, pull you up, like, we're in some sort of, like, you know, you were falling down and I was. Because I've always wanted. Like, cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want, like, the the live cliffhanger experience. Because don't you want to know if you could. Save your friend in that situation. I mean, obviously, we'd have some padding and stuff downstairs when I inevitably dropped you, but
1: wouldn't that be fun? It's an amusement park where you just – you have to recreate all of those tense moments. Can you actually jump over a cannon with a car? Right. Right. Can you jump over a shark with a motorcycle? Would, but it wouldn't be a real shark.
0: Wouldn't you love? Like I, one of my favorite things, one of the things I've always wanted to do was, you know, like in one there's a chase on the top of buildings. Yes. And the person has to jump. I over feel the like two I buildings. could and it's only confidence right.
1: stopping me from doing it.
0: Yeah. But wouldn't you love to go to a place yes. where you could do that in the safety of if you fall, you yes. fall down on this lake? I would
1: like to know if I could run along a rope bridge yes. with loose panels. I would like to – I'd like you could do time trials on it. Oh, I'm not even kidding. I'm really enjoying this idea. I want to build it.
0: Yeah. Don't tell me that it wouldn't be a great adventure, by the way. And, again, this might be something that costs a little bit too much money. But could, how could would it be if you could recreate that scene from Indiana Jones where – chased by The Rock. Oh.
1: Except it's Dwayne Johnson instead. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. All of them should have Dwayne Johnson All of them has yeah. Dwayne yeah. <laughs> yeah That's Yeah That's really exciting Ah there you go All
1: the, all the ones that you, Like they have it on Indiana Jones as well But they also had it in the labyrinth Where they've got the circular thing that's chasing you It's got yep. spikes
0: The spikes that are coming towards each other I want to go to a real life proper maze Like I know that there are mazes I've been I'll, to a hedge maze Yeah I want to go to a real Like but with clues And like yeah. adventures and shit Like a labyrinth style Like yeah. you know mum Where you really have to answer to like a treasure and- map.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, my That was something cool my mum used to do. For Easter, we'd get clues. Oh, yeah. And it would say, you know, we'd the, like where there's supposed to be an Easter egg, mm-hmm. there'd be a clue, and then that would lead to another clue, which would lead to another clue, which would eventually lead to our big pile of, well, one-year carib Easter eggs, but I've written material Ooh, about hang that. Hang on. Yeah. I know. Wow. It, that was a rough year. <laughs> um, I know. Uh,
0: Even Jesus was like, I didn't die for this shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I died for full cream. That is bullshit. This
0: is fucking bullshit. It's
1: bullshit, mate. Um, so, so mum made us. Was, that was really exciting. Getting clues for shit was exciting.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that would be. Um, you know, I mean, uh, Troy Kinney was on this podcast, and he was telling me that in LA, he's been going to what they call escape rooms. And basically, the, the, yeah, and so they have, like, you know, so you'll be in a prison or you'll be in a blood. For listeners
1: at home, my eyes are bulging with right. excitement.
0: And these are new things. And it's kind of an hour and there's a series of clues and you have to kind of solve the thing oh to get out of God. the escape rooms. But he and Josh Lawson have been doing heaps of them and they've become, they solved one in, like, record time. And I'm like, you guys are the experts now. Oh, my God. You guys might get recruited by, like, the CIA yeah. or FBI you, or something. to be, be like, a mentor. Yeah.
1: To future escapees. Right. Escapades,
0: escap- yeah, escapades.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think no, you're so. You're like, oh, that doesn't sound like a word anymore.
0: No, that's good. Escapades. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, that um, I reckon that's a podcast. Yeah, that's massive. That's been a massive podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Felicity Ward, uh, tell me this: uh, Where can people find you? Where can I posted uh, the details of your show on the Facebook page oh, for Tofop. Thank you. Uh But tell people about that.
1: Uh, so I am doing a show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival called "What If There Is No Toilet." Yes, uh, it is at nine PM in the Pleasance Courtyard. I'm doing previews around London and also around Great Britain. Um, all most of those dates will be on my website. I'm so are you do you update your own website? I'm so bad at it. <sighs>
0: I'm terrible at it. Oh mate, I'm uh, so bad at my it. My sister does my website, and occasionally she will send me an email just going, "You know that the dates are not." I always just say to people, is it people really looking at websites anymore? Like I plug the gigs like on Twitter or Facebook or wherever the fuck you are. But
1: if they've never heard of you, they'll go to the website. If they Google you, they'll go to the website. I haven't even got my Edinburgh Fringe dates up on my website yet. It's on my Facebook page and Twitter.
0: Right. But here's what I think people can do in this Monday age. If you're going to Edinburgh and you want to see Felicity, you've got a phone or a computer or whatever. You can find out what time and day that's on, right?
1: All they they need to know is you're on. They might want to see a preview in London. Oh, 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 okay. So, on the 20th, this is something I would like to plug on the 21st of July, I'm doing a preview of my show, What Mm -hmm. If There Is No Toilet. But I'm also doing a screening of a documentary that I made uh, last year in Australia about mental illness. Uh So, it'll be a double screening. There'll be the show, and then there'll be the documentary. Documentary afterwards. So that's at the Museum of Comedy um, on the 21st of July. That is in London. The show should be in pretty good shape by then. It should almost be in Edinburgh form. So if you can't get to Edinburgh and you would like to see that, and you've heard me talk about the documentary or seen me uh, talk about it anywhere. That will that will be one of the only chances you'll get to see it in in the UK. Uh,
0: if people are in Australia and they didn't see it during Mental Health Week, that's when it was yes. on in the ABC, right? Yep. Um, is it still available to be seen in Australia? Is it on iView or can people buy it or you any of those things? You can buy it sort of on iTunes. It's okay. called
1: Felicity's Mental Mission. Didn't pick the name. <laughs>
0: It <laughs> uh, would be great if that was the full title. Yeah. Felicity's <laughs> Mental Mission, in didn't brackets, pick the name. didn't pick the name.
1: Well, we, well, I will tell you this very, very quickly. We were on a sketch show years ago called the Ronnie Johns Half Hour. But the full name of it, they the network wanted to call it uh, the Third Degree because that was the name of our on stage group, and we're like, no, and they're like, well, you got to come up with another name. So we said, okay, the name of the show is the Ronnie John, the Ronnie Johns Good Time Campfire Jamboree Half Hour Show now on television, and they were like, we love it, and we're like, oh, okay, but then of course they called it the Ronnie right. Johns Half Hour,
0: yeah, which yeah takes away all the joy of that,
1: all the fun.
0: So uh, here's what I'm going to say to you. Uh, there is a TV show on ABC in Australia at the moment called Fresh Blood, which is a bunch mm. of brand-new comedians uh, that did little sketches for the ABC and they've packaged in a three half-an-hour specials, which I just did the links for, the hosting. Uh, it was done one morning in LA. Uh, I did not have the clips to look at, although I have seen them all uh, – It was in a rush and it was like a terrible morning where I didn't have the information. The first one went to (laughs) air the other night and I, on the day, misspoke somebody that I think is really great, Veronica Milsom. You know her from Triple J and McAuliffe and all those shows, who I think is fantastic. And in the other sketches that she's in, I've used their name correctly, but- on the day, I obviously, when we were like, doing these things, because I didn't have a script or anything, we were just doing, I misspoke and said Victoria in one and somebody did not pick it up. Now,
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: <clears throat> a, it was my mistake in the first place, but clearly a mistake that, I mean, I know what her name is. Um,
1: Veronica. Yeah,
0: and it's what I've said in the other takes, you know, in the other shows that uh, the sketches are in. I know that because they all got stern letters from me yesterday. Well, not letters, emails, but when it went to air and it was the wrong one, I was incredibly embarrassed because i'm a big fan of hers and also i really only did the links for this because i wanted to support these new comedians and like you know and then to get one of their names wrong on national tv like it was embarrassing now on the day i mean obviously just misspoke it should have been picked up by somebody else in the process it now has been and we re-edited and you know Poor old Veronica had to, like, you know, I have apologised to her personally. She was lovely about it, by the way. She, you know, of course didn't care. But I made sure that the the ABC sent her a big bunch of flowers and apologised and they've re-edited it all.
1: And and now another ABC worker is cut because they didn't have the money for the flowers. So they had to choose and that was
0: more important. Yeah, that's right. But it was the person who didn't pick it up. Yeah. So fuck that person. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I, but please check out that. That'd be really cool. Uh, and if you want to check me out, I'm uh, currently on tour doing my free will tour. I've probably got a couple of dates left in London when you hear this. Uh, then on to LA to do the full show at the Nerd Melt Theatre on July the 11th. Uh, July the 26th, I will be at the Montreal Just for Last Festival doing the entire hour. I'm there all week, but the hour is on the 26th. Please go and s- uh, see that. And then after that, Sydney and Perth, which are the last two dates on the free will tour, are now on sale at the More Theatre and the PCEC in Perth, both with Justin Hamilton doing support. All those details are on my website.
1: Are they definitely?
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I updated them the other day. Right, I'll so update mine all this down. afternoon. Yeah. So that'd be really cool. Uh, Felicity, thank you so much. The live episode with you and Wendy being brilliant and me being croaky and out of my head will also go up after this episode. So I hope uh, people enjoy that one as well. If you uh, want to support the podcast, there are T-shirts and posters from the faux fuck in mm. the UK, so is there? Yes, so there are T-shirts that are a story merchandise, and the posters are on James Fosdike's Red Bubble page. Uh, you can uh, go and purchase both of those, and they both support the podcast. I want
1: a T-shirt. Oh, I'll get I'm you gonna one. Go- Oh yeah, yeah, I was of course. Buy one, mate. Nah, mate. Poor.
0: I'll get your t shirt. Look at these, Friend of the know. Show discounts. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, um, but yeah, please uh, support the podcast by doing those things. That's the best way to do it. And of course, my other podcast, Philosophy, uh, uh, there's a bunch of brand new episodes. I did one with Nazim Hussain, which is really great, uh, with uh, Sarah Kendall, which I uh, absolutely enjoyed, and uh, Bryony Kimmings, mm. who some people probably don't know in Australia, but she's a brilliant performance artist. And we had, it's only an hour, but it's a. At like a brilliant hour we did it before the show and she's just a really fantastic and fascinating person so if you don't recognize the name and you're like well maybe i won't have a listen i really highly recommend just have a listen because she's uh, fantastic flick you're the best you're also the best uh, we'll i talk love to doing again this soon.